What's up, you guys? This is Polly Shore. How's it going? And welcome to another beautiful episode of my podcast, Interested. Why do I call it Interested? Because what, you guys? I'm interested in the people that I'm what? Talking to. Exactly. So t- today's episode is going to be pretty cool. It's um, We're going deep into the entertainment business. Um the guy that I interview, I don't know if you guys remember that movie that I did back in the 90s entitled Son-in-Law. I know a lot of people come up to me all the time and go, man, I loved you in that movie, Son-in-Law. So the guy that I'm interviewing is the writer, producer of that movie, Son-in-Law, amongst other things, ladies and gentlemen, a good old school friend of mine, Mr. Peter Lenkoff. I just thought to me, if you were going to come home and tell my father that you were marrying my sister, uh, it would not go over so well. So I thought, what other better person to sit down with me for the um, Peter Lankoff interview than Mr. Adam Bennett? How are you? What's up, nice Adam? You. What's up? Adam, Adam <laughs> Bennett. So tell the people listening who Peter Lankoff is, the people inside the business. Peter Lankoff, to, to the person today, is uh, the creator of the new version of Hawaii Five-0 and wrote on... CSI New York, but to me and Paulie, he is the creator of The Son-in-Law, one of the great movies of the uh, the 90s. Yeah, and that was a movie that I starred in a long time ago, and that's what this particular episode's kind of about, because everywhere I go, especially on the road in the smaller markets, people, I was like, oh my God, I love Son-in-Law. And, and that was one of the you know reasons why I wanted to kind of um, put an homage to this particular episode. It's the Son-in-Law episode. And Adam Bennett, for the people in the entertainment business, they probably know who he is, but maybe some people that are listening in the smaller markets, and the, they probably don't know who he is. So let me explain who Adam Bennett is. Adam Bennett, um, he was uh, one of my agents many years ago when I was at CAA. Um, I was your second client. Second client. Yeah. Who was your first? John Lovitz being the first. John, and who yeah. was your third? Third client, uh, I don't know for sure. But uh, it was Adam off Sandler to the races. Was, was, it was in there, if that's what you're getting at. But Sandler. Yeah. yeah, Farley and yeah. lots of people along the way. And now, yeah. Yeah, and now you're, um, you're my agent again, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it's been about um, a couple of years we've been working together. And you are one of the, the, the main people that sit on the board at WME. Yes. Mm-hmm. WME, which is? The, w- William Morris Endeavor. William yeah. Morris yeah. Endeavor. And you left CA several years ago. Quite Almost 20 years ago. Yeah, several years now, ago. Yeah. What was the reason you left CA? Just, just wanting to own my own thing and do my own thing. And they're a great place, but I just wanted to, I wasn't going to ever be one of the owners. I was always going to be And that's when Ovitz there. was there. He had left. He had left when I left, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you started, uh, or you worked with Ari Emanuel? I worked with Ari Emanuel at CA. And then he you? bounced around a little, started Endeavor, and I came shortly after it started, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then and then about four or five years ago, you guys merged with William Morris. With William Morris, yeah. With William Morris. Uh-huh. That's cool. And some of the people, again, you got to understand there's a lot of people, they might not know, you know what an agency does. Yeah. And you, know, you guys are based off of Entourage, correct? Uh, that was loosely based on, uh, Ari's on Ari, really. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So they, well, I'm just trying to relate yeah. to the yeah, audience. They know Entourage. They know Entourage. So this uh, agency is kind of like based off of Entourage a little bit. A little bit, maybe. Right? Yeah. And you're the guy behind the guy behind the guy behind the guy. Yeah, I'm so far behind you don't even see me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you've never really done the, a sit-down interview like this? No. 
So you excited? No, I don't know that I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun. <laughs> and some of the people, again, because I know I know the people in America and I, I know my fan base, I know they would get excited. Just some of the people you guys represent. It doesn't have to be just actors, some directors. or yeah, Chris Nolan, Marty Scorsese, Dustin Hoffman, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, Adam Sandler, Kevin James. So yeah, yeah. so you guys represent a lot of a yeah. lot of big actors, a lot of big directors. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's cool. So that's who we're dealing with here, you guys. You guys sit in. You're gonna sit in with me. Absolutely. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna sit in. We're gonna listen to Peter Lankoff, who was the uh, the the writer and the producer, executive producer of Son-in-Law. Adam Bennett, uh, my agent from WME. Are you guys interested? You there interested? We go. I can't wait. Let's go. Let's check it out. This is Peter Lankoff, the executive producer and the writer of Son-in-Law, correct? Well, he's one of the writers, yeah. You wrote the script. I wrote the first script, yeah. The first script. It's yeah. fucking crazy, huh? How did you come it's up with long... that? Well, how did I come up with it? My <laughs> my, uh, you, I think my you sister was married. Yeah, I think I told you. My sister so you... was marrying a guy that I did yeah. not want her to marry. <laughs> and uh, right. and so it was a combination of that and uh, my assistant and I, when I was at Universal... We used to watch your show every afternoon. Oh, you know, okay. I was I was under contract at Universal, but I was really young. I was I think I was twenty three at the time, and uh, so I used to go to my office at Universal, and I would write. I would write in the mornings, and 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 uh, I think your show was on at like three thirty or yeah, three o'clock in the afternoon. Show, yeah. So I used to watch your show in the afternoon, as all you know, teenagers and twenty year olds did, and and uh, I just thought. To me, if you were going to come home and tell my father that you were marrying my sister, uh, it would not go over so well. Wow. And it was exactly what was going on with my sister and the, and the man she was marrying, who she ended up divorcing. And uh, it came out like that. And we just wrote the script. And we were, I was a big fan of yours. And, and I pitched it to, uh, to, I think it was Adam Vennett and Michael Rodenberg, mm. who were your reps at the time. And, and um and uh, they liked it enough to pitch it to you. And I remember I came in and I pitched it to you and you seemed to dig it. And um, Where did you pitch it to me? Because I don't really at remember. At CAA. Oh, at CAA. Yeah, you were oh, there. Yeah, it was yeah. Adam Vennett's office. I still yeah. remember. I, I, You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I was such a big fan of the show and you that uh, it's one of those things. Like you get to meet somebody, you, you have a feeling like, hey, this will come together and this will work. And, and um, when we pitched it to you, and I saw your your sort your immediate response, and um, you connected with the material, and I think you understood that fish out of water element, which was, you know, a big big part of the engine of the show, and and um, and it was yeah, exciting. It was, yeah. it was exciting, and and it was your your second movie, so I was like really yeah. honored to be a part of that ride. Right. So. Um, we're here with Adam Vennett, who um, is my my agent again, correct? Kinda. Uh, no, no, definitely. I mean, it's like it's crazy that um, that we're back again. It's a I mean, long what do you life, think huh? about that? It's a long life. No, but seriously, what do you think about that? I, I've I mean, always loved you. Yeah. I never stopped loving you. I was yeah. mad at you for a while, but I've never stopped loving you. You were what at me for a while? I'm mad at you. Really? <laughs> of course. I didn't, you know. At I the, mean, the truth it, of the matter is, yeah. you were a giant pain in the ass at that point in your right. life. Yeah. Ultimately, worked out for the best. A lot, lot of porn for you. A lot of porn stars. I remember that. 
Huh. I was married. I used to have to go home and. <laughs> okay. <what? laughs> okay. We're supposed to be talking about son-in-law. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Go on. I'm sorry. It out. Speak, speak, speak. No, no. That that's it. I mean, it was. No. Yeah. It was. It was a, you, you, you know, it was a cultural moment that was very exciting. It was fun to be a part of. Yeah. Remember Donna Shavu? <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, Lance Tendler. Of course. Manchel. Manchel. Mitch Rose. Who oh, else was the there? The whole there team. Were, yeah, there was... Uh, Mitch Rose is still at CA. Yeah, he's yeah. still there. Um, yeah. Do you remember when Peter Lenkoff came in your office and pitched Son-in-Law with... I kind of remember. Yeah, no, I do. I do. Because that was a pretty... Because we had just done it i guess we had done encino man mm -hmm. together right yeah we'd done encino yes. man and do you remember that experience because yeah it was jeffrey katzenberg well you were if do you see remember? if i'm relating this correctly but but because i was your second client yes john love was being my first first client yeah, okay repeat that was sandler your third or was uh, chris farley was, or? no adam was before chris it was early on was no. I, I was I before Sandler? Yes, you. Were. I was, and then Sandler came after, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So then, what happened? Oh yeah. So no, no, you didn't see no man. Yeah. What ha what happened is you were blowing up on MTV, right? Right. right. And that was great and fun. Yeah. And that's when MTV was really in, mm. its, in its heyday. I think I mentioned I've seen Van Toffler on Friday, who was a big part of that. Mm. And then Disney was making a lot of movies, mm. and Jeffrey Katzenberg was smart enough to realize you had completely tapped into mm. teenagers and young adults mm. and kids, and uh, uh, had that project and see it with Brendan Fraser, yeah. and uh, that really worked. I mean, it really yeah. not a lot of words spoken by Brendan in that movie, but that right. really worked yeah. and uh, kind of tapped in a suburban myth for people. And uh, right. and you started to get you exploded. So how was I just? So how was I back then? I was crazy. I was a nightmare. What what? You what were did a nightmare. I do? You've always been a nice boy. I mean, but what did know? I do that? Because I'm trying to think back. What did I do that with just dating the porn stars? <laughs> but, uh, you, but what, what else was it? Uh, what else? Uh, what else did I do that that you know what I mean? I don't think you did anything. I mean, you you were just having fun. I mean, you yeah. were sort of you know popular and mm. making some money, and yeah. uh, you know everybody wanted to be around you, and it was fun. I, you didn't yeah. do anything bad. Yeah. You know, not that I was around at least. <laughs> I went home. I, like I told you I went home for that. Yeah, I remember um, Biodome. Biodome. That was fun too. Loved Biodome. That was that was awesome too. Yeah, absolutely. So so Peter, yes. Yeah, but so the son-in-law. But but back to the son-in-law because yeah. what happened is uh, I don't remember exactly the the timing of it all. But 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 Disney offered you a deal. They, Jeffrey Kastenberg said, "Let's do a bunch of movies together mm -hmm. um, off of Encino Man, if I'm not mistaken." Mm -hmm. And and then we we came up. He Peter came up with the son-in-law, and that seemed mm. like a real winner. Yeah, it sort of ticked all the boxes, and uh, it became the movie that it was with Carla Cugina, who was yeah. great and hot. And that was fun, and yeah. uh, it, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, that was an easy movie. That was an yeah. easy movie that you killed, and uh, yeah. everyone loved it. Cool. So we're here with Adam Bennett listening to Peter Lankoff, who, like I said earlier, um, he's. Uh, I, I guess he wrote and came up with Son-in-Law and then brought on fa Fax and Adam to help rewrite it, make it funnier, and then I did my, my thing in it. So we're just kind of, how do you feel? It's cool. Is it weird? Yeah, it's funny. It's and cool. I like yeah. this, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Here, we, here we go. And this was your first, was this your first film that you wrote? Because you were young. Uh, 
I had two movies come out that year. I had a movie called uh-huh. Demolition Man, which came out in October, and Son-in-Law came out in May. So wow. those two came out at the same same year. Uh, I had done uh, a year before that. I had done a pilot for NBC. I had done a couple things, but in terms of movies, those th- that movie was a big movie for me. That was a big. Mm. That really that was the first thing I think. I think that was the first thing that I produced. Did it do better than Demolition Man? Uh, in terms of what it cost to how much it made, right. probably yes. Yeah, because Demolition yeah. Man was with Stallone. Yeah, in Wesley Snipes. Yeah, but that was you right. know you're talking about back Two then. That was a that was like a fifty sixty million dollar movie, maybe yeah. even more right. at the time. Son-in-law, we made for like a very reasonable. I amount think it was of money. made for like ten million or nine million. We probably made it for about yeah for probably under ten million dollars or or maybe a little bit more. I think maybe ultimately with everything was twelve. But it had made so much money. It was mm. such a big movie for Hollywood Pictures. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I still have like fond memories because when we, when we, before we tested the movie, we showed it to um, Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg. And I remember we showed it to them, and it was it was me and 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 Michael and and uh, and I think uh, Hilton Green, who was the line producer. And I remember we showed it to them, and Michael Eisner got up and he patted me on the shoulder. And he said, "Good job, kid." And wow. it's like one of those things you st- you'll, you'll wow. always remember. I didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> it was I knew great. Jeffrey Katzenberg was behind the whole thing. Yeah, Jeffrey, I still have his script with his notes. He was yeah. very involved. I loved fucking Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yeah, he I was. I mean, what a, great, what a, yeah. you know, what a, he was one of the executives that also had kind of like a producer background. You know, he fe- he seemed like the kind of guy that. Um, I don't know. Like to get his his hands dirty, right? Well, he he understood story. I again, yeah. I I have a script. I have a son-in-law script with his notes all over it. I kept wow. it because I thought somebody in that position, somebody who was running a studio, yeah, could like, dig in that deep into a script wow. and write that many notes and wow. be that involved. So we're here with uh, Adam Bennett in his office at WME, and you're listening to this um, kind of, you know, because this is your youth as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That's why I was happy to do it. I mean, you've been down the road so long with Sandler, too, on all his films. That's that's fucking awesome. Like, he's, like, I mean, amazing. Like, really just. It's been amazing. It's been great. He's amazing and talented and a very good friend, obviously. Yeah. 25 years. It's great. Something like that. It's crazy. Because I remember when, you know, I was doing movies, Jim Carrey was doing movies, Adam Sandler then started doing movies, and then I remember when I stopped doing movies. And, you know, and Sandler was doing all these films. That upset you? uh, Yeah, kind of. Yo, you remember when we did Jury Duty? Mm-hmm. Like, it jury was one of those great. things. Yeah, but it was one of those things, like, I think Rotenberg was like, don't do it. Like, or our advice is don't do it. Remember we had that conversation? Yeah, you yeah. said don't do it. And for me, I wasn't thinking of you the repercussions. Right. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm not getting along with the director. I don't really, you know, f- you know, find the script. Assert- you know what I mean? Yeah, you just wanted to work. I wanted to work, and I think that was my biggest problem. That's normal. That's that's you know. how most people are. Ever, by the way, uh, the you thing know. that I've always respected about talent and actors specifically is mm-hmm. that 
you know, you don't know what you're doing the next day. And, and I get to come to the office every day. I come to the office at 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning, whatever it is, every day I can plan on it. And the idea mm. of not knowing what your future looks like mm. is scary. It's why actors can get a little cuckoo. Yeah. Uh, and I would get a little cuckoo, too. That's I, I've always thought about that. I always try to think from an actor perspective or, or for a creator. Um, the thing about it is, though, you, Adam, and a lot of other people you mentioned, you know, you're all creative. You're all mm. creators. And, you know, what I've learned in doing this a long time now is that, you know, talent doesn't go away. You're, you're still mm. super talented fads may come and go uh, you mm. know who's popular or not may come and go mm. uh what the movie business wants or needs at the time or television may come and go but but you're you haven't changed right mm. and 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 so you just you just keep going you know you just yeah. keep going and people come in and out and that's right you know. just keep going all right um so we're here with adam bennett and we're going to toss to peter lankoff hope you guys are still interested So you created Hawaii Five-0. Yeah. Well, you know, the original Hawaii Five-0 was created by Leonard Freeman, which right. was in 1968 to 1980. So it ran for 12 years. I created a new version of Hawaii Five-0. Right. So CBS uh, basically wanted to re- you know, like reboot that show. And, and uh, I wrote the pilot and, and have, have been running the show for the last four yeah. years. And so has it gone to 100 episodes? We're... Uh, we're, we'll be 100 episodes uh, sometime in, in uh, next September. Wow. We're in like, I think we're 80, we're shooting like episode 83 right now. So once it gets to 100 episodes, what happens? Uh, Everyone gets I moved excited. to Italy. <laughs> right. I moved to a vineyard. No, uh, we're uh, we're already. No, again, there's a lot of people listening that might not know the, 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 the importance of a series that gets to 100 episodes. Well, I, th- Can you I tell think, them about that? I think the, the, the real, the real, you know, sign of success is syndication. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think... And syndication is after you get to 100 episodes. Well, not not necessarily. Now syndication, you could sell... We sold our show. I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Syndication is when it's like in its second run. So our show, it airs right now on CBS. And new episodes are Friday nights, 9 o'clock on CBS. We also air on TNT on Thursdays, Wednesdays, so we air about three more episodes, and those are repeats. So that's syndication. Our show sold in syndication our first year. Now, most shows only sell in syndication after they reach about 88 to 100 episodes. But we were— So you already—because your show was strong, and people really dug it, and the ratings were strong, so TNT picked it up. Yeah, so they bought it— before the, the 100 episodes. They, th- they just figured that we will reach 100 episodes or 88 wow. episodes at some point. That's great. So they and how much it. do you get for that? Uh, enough to pay the bills. Really? Yeah. Because uh, if you create it, that means you, you're part owner. Yes. So yeah. who else owns it besides you? CBS. CBS. Yes. So it's just you and CBS. That's it. I have. I have. Yeah. Well, it's uh, myself, Alex Kurtzman, and Robert Orsi. So there's Bob two Orsi. other guys. Yeah. But they didn't create it with no, you. No. I. You yes. created. So yes. you sat there one afternoon. You picked your nose. Or whatever it was, I whatever was, you're doing, you're not with in your that kids. not in that order, but yes. Yeah, but you were just sitting in your in your backyard in Calabasas or whatever, yeah. and you just basically said, "Hey, why don't we redo? Well, he, why don't we redo Hawaii Five O? Because I remember you told me you were doing this. Yeah. Well, how long ago was this? This Five was years ago? Uh, this was in two, uh, but four years ago. Four years. Five ago. years ago, altogether, shooting the pilot. So, so where were you when ago. you woke up one day and you said, "I'm going to get the rights to Hawaii Five O? Well. It, it, what happened was I was I was co-running another show called CSI New York, okay. and I did that for a number of years. Yeah, I, I did that for about six years. On that. And um, 
CBS had asked me if I was interested in doing Hawaii Five-0. Mm. Hawaii Five-0 was my dad's favorite show. Wow. So I thought if I was ever going to get a chance of my father really liking something I've done, <laughs> right. it's doing Hawaii Five-0. Is your dad still alive? Yeah, he's still around. Wow. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, so dude. that was a big deal. So he must be fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the, biggest, he's the biggest critic because he watched every episode of the original show. Oh, fuck. So That's crazy. I, what I did was I, I they asked so me if he, I wanted to do it. Has he accepted you now? No, not he's yet. still right. No, no he's he's <laughs> still like holding on. He's like, ah, it's all right. It's not yeah. like the original. Yeah, Jack Lord's rolling in his yeah. grave. Right? Yeah, right. you yeah. fucked it up. You messed it up. Right. Why would you do that to my favorite show? Right? Did he really um, say that or no? No, he loves the he, show. Does he love the show? Not only does he love the show, That's at the great. end of every episode, wow. there's a there's a at the end of every episode there's a little animation, mm. and it's my production company, right. and it's my house that I grew up in, Chamonix. Oh, and Chamonix, uh, Canada, in, in, in Montreal. Montreal right. So. It's my house, so he gets to see the old house after every episode. Wow. He's um, got to be super proud. Yeah, so he's he's proud of that. I think he's right. more proud of that than the show. Uh, but but uh, no, he's really proud of of the whole thing. But CBS asked me if I wanted to do it. I said yes. So what I did was I I woke up. Uh, I used to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. I'd go down to my office. I'd write. Oh. Uh, and this was the, the this was the other house in Calabasas. Yeah, the one that you had in Hidden Hills. Yeah, yeah, you had all the posters and all that shit. You had the the Peter Lankoff room. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I so I would what I what I would do is I'd uh, four a.m. I go out I go down to my barn. My yeah. office was in my barn because you had you have animals and shit. Yeah. Do you still have animals? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Where yeah. are the animals? They're uh, around the corner. Do you kill and eat the animals? No, we don't. It's not kill that type of. No, no, it's not that. So I used to wake up four a.m. I'd go down. I'd write. I'd write. I'd write for about four hours. I'd write. Uh, I'd write five zero, and then I'd go to my day job, which was wow. CSI New York. And then, wow. uh, so I, yeah, was, I remember that time. Yeah, and yeah. and then I and then we went, and I think I, the biggest lesson I learned is if if you're gonna do another show, do it in a warm, you know, do it in, in warm, a warm weather environment, a place like. But Hawaii. you didn't film CSI New York in New York. No, we didn't. You filmed we didn't. in L.A. We shot in L.A. Yeah, that was yeah. for my, for budgetary reasons. That was with reasons. Gary Sinise. Yeah, Gary Sinise. Um, so you fan of his show? The Hawaii I love Hawaii Five-0. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love the original one. It was like a kid. Yeah. I think it was on reruns by the time. So, I watched it and then this. Yeah, so um, 100 episodes means what? It means syndication means... Yeah, you get paid a lot of money, hopefully. Explain, because I, I'm kind of a little bit clueless because I've never had a show go, <laughs> go, go 100. I've got had a show go five episodes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think you get extra money for that. Okay. <laughs> I got to check. Uh, let me call the TV guys here. I'm in the movie business, but let me find out. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, th I think, uh, you know, the way it works is like, I think he said it in the, in the podcast, uh, you run the show on CBS, and then when you run the repeats, somebody buys those repeats, mm. you know, the episodes again, you get paid again, and uh, that's where you start to really make money. You get fees for doing the show in the first place, but the real money comes when, you know, it starts playing again and again and again, and, and uh, you know, the people who are involved get paid for that, and you, become, you, know, you make a lot of money. So how much money do you think, you know, not necessarily Peter, because he probably won't want that out there, yeah. but for someone that has made over a hundred episodes on a show, what, how much could they make? Oh my God. Like it's Seinfeld, for instance. Hundreds, Everyone, hundreds of millions of dollars. Are you shitting me? But that's so the, why the that's fuck the are we developing this show? Up, uh, that's insane. Isn't that what we're doing now? No, no this is just a podcast that's <laughs> oh, going on okay. the internet. I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is that why Seinfeld's just golden right now? And then the cast of Friends, golden. 
married with children, golden. All these people are golden. You, you know, if, if you're lucky enough to be a part of that. And there's, there's some magic involved, you know. Yeah. Obviously, Peter's really talented. Uh, and that's the, the opening ingredient to anything. But there has to be a little bit of magic, mm. too. You know, it's got a right time, right place, yeah. right cast. But, you know, that's what, that's what makes what we do great. You mm. know, there's that sort of that, that, that magic thing that happens mm. that nobody can really count on that you had for a long time. You know, back to you. And, uh, yeah. you know, that stuff's fun. When that happens, yeah, it's really, it, really where fun. where it lines up. Yeah. Where that, like, the promotion lines up with the film, lines up, yeah. right, and people. Time and, and it uh, turns, yeah. you know, a lot of things have to What's, go right. What would you say the ratio, like... For like how many films, I mean, are, do you think like studio films that are made a year about or that come out about how many come out? How a many? Year? Yeah, about a year. There's, uh, you know, a couple hundred major releases come that, out a know. year. Yeah. And, and then with, about how many do you think like do really, really well, like are profitable, like 10 percent, 5 percent? 10, 15, you know, maybe. I mean, you have to define what that means. But but yeah, 10. But 15%. no, like financially. Yeah. Not, not a lot. Not a lot. Not 10, a lot. 10, 15%. So maybe. it's hard. Very hard, yeah. To get that lightning in a bottle. Yeah, and don't forget, it, it is an art. You know, you know, mm. people forget because it gets commercialized, but movies are, are an art form, you know? Mm. So, you know, that's not always the goal is to, to hit a big home run financially, although it's nice when that happens. And the nirvana is when you hit the, you know, the big financial success and you make a movie you're really proud of. Right. Did you see Birdman? I did. Great. I love that. I love the. Wasn't actor. it awesome? Yeah. So, what do you think Michael Keaton will get? I think I think he'll probably get nominated for best actor. I, I would think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think Emma and Ed Norton and and, and uh, Naomi were all great too. Yeah. And I forget the name of the other person in it, but they they were all great. Yeah. I thought performances were the strongest part of that movie. Yeah. Cool. All yeah. right, we're here with uh, Adam Bennett, listening to Peter Lenkoff, uh talk about the business. I hope you guys are interested, and uh, here we go. Crazy. So, okay, so now we're just going to really quickly go back to the documentary yes. um, because, again, you guys, uh, Peter Lankoff, uh, he's just done a lot of great stuff in the business since Son in Law. Um, uh, 20, uh, 24 with Kiefer, he's done a lot of different things. I always come to him with a lot of my projects kind of before I lock picture. So, this documentary, can you tell us a little bit about what you saw and where we're at with it? Well, I. I think I saw a very raw and honest peek into your life. And I, you know, what, I, what I've always said when people ask me about you, I always say this guy's a really sweet, genuine guy because I think most people think that the Pauly Shore they see is a character you play or an act. And I always say, no, he's that real and he's that honest. And he's the kind of guy that walks into a room and he'll give you a hug. And they, I think most people don't expect that from a celebrity. I think mm. they, they always look at celebrities as, as being very yeah. standoffish and, and having an, an, uh, an attitude. And, and rightly so, because most celebrities are like that. But yeah. I think the thing about you, which, which attracted me to your TV show years ago and what made me want to be in business with you is that you're very real and it's very honest and everything comes from the heart. And, and I think that's what I saw today. It just reminded me of why I fell in love with you as a person back, you know, t going back to, what was it, 1991 when, mm. we, when we first started, or 1992 mm. when we first met, and then we did Son-in-Law, we released it in 93. So it just, it's 21 years of being a consistent human being, which mm. for most people, you know, success, you know, when they have some success and they go through like the ups and downs of, of any career, you know, they change. And I think mm. the thing about you is you haven't. Mm. And that's really unique and, mm. and, 
and what I like about you. So the documentary, so Peter was talking a little bit about the documentary that's coming out on Showtime on December 4th. And this particular episode right now is going to air around that time. So we started working together probably about... the episode of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we started working together about a couple of years ago, right? That's when me and you started. Yeah, Yeah, Uh about two years ago. Um, And what was the reason that you wanted to work with me again? Yeah, I I think a little bit of what Peter just said. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, first of all, I haven't, you know, I I care about you and I've always had fond feelings and and great memories. Um, And seeing the documentary and sort of seeing where you're at in your life now and what you're doing, there's an honesty to you Mm -hmm. that I think's... uh, it's, uh, you know, it's rare, and I, uh, it makes me think about all the great times we've had together, and there's also, it creates an empathy for you, because you mm. are an, you're a nice guy mm. who's had a really interesting life in a lot of great ways and some not-so-great ways, mm. you know? You're going through some stuff, and uh, uh, I think what you did is relatable, you know? I, th- mm. I think there's, you know, part of showbiz and Hollywood and human nature in general is, you know, people like to bring people up and take them down and then kind of bring them up, and... Mm. Selfishly, I think there's a time for you to come back up again. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, you've, you've, you know, struggle's not the right word because you have a pretty nice life overall. But it's, mm. you know, you were very high and then it, you know, didn't work for a while. And, and you know, some stuff happened personally. And you're, what you know, do you think the it. reason was that, that, you know, things took a turn for me in my career? Turned down? Yeah, like how, why, you know, because everyone is like, everywhere I go, people are like, when are you going to do a movie? Like, I miss you in movies. Yeah. Like, why do you think. Yeah. Is it, is it just because my box office went down, or is it because of the shtick, or was no, it a combination? Yeah, yeah, no, or? I, I think you were so specific mm. in a time culturally. You were so big mm. and so much a part of what was happening then. There was nowhere to go but down. You know mm. that. You know your thing could only last so long. You mm. know. And, 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 and that's, I think, in the most general sense, what I would say happened. Um, more specifically, we, you were talking about it a little earlier, is you started doing too many movies, you know, mm. which is a common issue with people. You want to work, and you're riding mm. the high, and you want to get going. And I've learned the audience can only accepts movie stars in so many movies a year. They only want to see them so often, or it stops becoming, mm. uh, you know, special, right? And I think there's probably a little bit of that, too. As far as, uh, the, so the documentary you saw, Polly Shore Stands Alone, it, it takes a peek at what? Well, because I, no it's, one's seen look, it. You, there's, the, the, you know what I mean? You're, um, well, what's the, interesting yeah. is the first thing I thought, you know, you're watching it, you always you have like, know, like, I just showed up with a DVD. No, today. I'm glad I, I'm glad I and knew you nothing knew, about you it. You knew nothing. No, no. I, I, you know, that's sometimes the best way to see something. You have no expectations. Mm. Uh, I had no idea what it was. All you told me was, was a documentary. So yeah. I think that's the only thing I had in my head. But I, what I loved about it was, and you know, it, it, the first thing I thought after it ended was, I actually was choked up at, at, at times. And you don't expect that, like with a Pauly Shore vehicle, you expect to laugh, which I did. But you don't expect also to get choked up at, at mm-hmm. moments. And I think, it's, again, it's just, it's... It's because it's so real and it's so raw. And, and it, can you, you tell the people you, what it's about? It, it's it to me. I and I think it was six stops on a tour mm. through the Midwest, through Wisconsin, mm. and it's really a real, very raw, 
very you know brutally honest look <laughs> and and which is good look into your life on tour and you go to six stops. I think four of them were real small, no-name towns. Have you ever heard where, of some of these? No, towns? I've never heard of any of them. You know, can you it, name some of the towns? No, you just, no, Antigo, I can't. Wisconsin. Antigo, yeah, I, Antigo. I'll probably <laughs> never hear that name again in my life, ever. But you know, it, what's so great about it is Wasa. is there are real people living yeah. there. There are people that are fans of yours. And you people touched them with son-in-law, dude. Did you? Yeah, see that's what you the did thing there? that got me choked up. I mean, up. that must be insane, dude. Yeah, because I don't think. And again, correct me if I'm wrong. Have you been doing this for how long? 20, 30 Too long, years. More, yeah, whatever, probably 30 25 years, years or whatever. Yeah. Have you had have you had any of your material, your movies that you produced or created touch those type of people? Well, I or think you don't know? No, well, I think look, on, on everything I've ever done, I've always met people that have have seen, you know, that are fans of the, of of whatever material. But I think when you go to these small towns and when somebody says, which they did, that you changed my life mm. or you touched my life or this is the greatest day of my mm. life. How did that those make you th- feel? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing because you, th- you think what an impact you had. I mean, for me as a writer, it's just, you know, I put words on paper and mm. you hopefully, hopefully, hopefully affect somebody. Mm. I think now with Twitter and Facebook and a lot of social media, you actually see response. Before, when I first started out, you didn't get to have a response Mm. unless I actually went to someone's house and knocked on the door and said, what do you like? You know, did you like the show tonight? I think for you to go out and interact with those people, you're getting that visceral, real, raw, honest response to your material. Mm. I think that they respond to your movies and that's why they go to your shows you're selling out shows in these really small towns on a weekday when people have to go to work mm. or school the next day it shows you how 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 much you've touched them how much you mean to them and for me every time they mention son-in-law it just reminded me of we did good work back then we did a we did a good job you know mm-hmm. we went into the movie just trying to you know do some a piece of entertainment mm-hmm. I think with no expectations mm-hmm. that the thing will have the shelf life that it's it's had yeah. and I think after 20 years for people still to be talking about that movie that 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 definitely that's definitely one of the things that choked me up. It just felt like we did a good job back then, mm. and we really didn't know what we were doing. At least I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I didn't um, really. You know, I this I was. Mean, you just show up and you do your job. Yeah, and then you put it. But together you do it real. You're honest, and I think yeah. you know it, it meant something to you, and you 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 so didn't back, do it for a paycheck. Yeah, you did back, it because you wanted to entertain people. Yeah. Back to the film. So, what is the film about? The documentary. Well, it's a peek into your life. It's a peek into your life on tour, and it's it's six, you know, it's six stops on this tour. And again, it's a brutally honest look at backstage, behind the scenes, you traveling. And it's not glamorous. It's very real. What I what that's one of the things I love about it is that you. You're not shying away from the down and dirty stuff, mm. the stuff about, you know, bringing your own luggage, looking for your room, all the things that are very charming that most people would cut out of a documentary because they'll think it, 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 you know, for ego reasons may make them feel like, you know, the audience doesn't want to see that part of it. But that's the thing that's so great about it. Mm. It's that it's real and right. everybody goes through that. Yeah. But I'm seeing it for the for me at least. It's the first time I've seen something like that committed to film, and it's it was just very entertaining and yeah. and charming and real and honest. And and again, you know, got choked up. And I think you know, you talk about your family, which is very you know always special. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you when you actually get to really know what makes somebody tick. 
you know, it's it's remi- again people, it reminded right. me of what it reminded me of your show, to, you know, totally, totally poly, poly yeah. back in the day where you were just interacting with a lot of very real, you know, people that um, that wasn't staged. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least for me, it just felt like you walked into somebody's life and I was seeing them react in the moment. No, I think that's, again, that's real. I feel like you're going through something and it just informs, it's, it informs not only viewers, the fans, people around you of where your head's at and, mm-hmm. and, and that you're a real person mm-hmm. dealing with real issues. Right. Um, it's not all, you know, just sunshine and roses. I think right. that the idea of you still going out and, and you know, and, and, and practicing your craft and doing shows with the weight of that on mm-hmm. you and the fact that you've, you're helping your mom and you've, you know, you all, all the stuff about, you know, moving back in to help her and how important she is in your life. I think that's, again, it's so noble. I sent you a rough cut of the documentary. Yeah. Because I didn't want anyone to see it here except for you. Remember, I, we, I saw it when we had lunch, remember? Yeah, no, but I no, but I sent it to you before when it before it was. So what was your experience? It's similar to what Peter said. Yeah. I mean, again, knowing you a long time, mm. and uh, I thought it was a very real look, and it was kind of funny, but, mm. but a little sad, and you yeah. know, just a very realistic look at what it is to be kind of kind of humping it out, really. You yeah. know, you know, you're out there in those little towns, like you said, and you know, you're getting some great reaction. Mm. People love what you're doing, but you you know, you're working hard. You know, any, anybody who you know, I, I know people will hear this, you know, somewhere who have real jobs and they don't know what it is to work hard. <laughs> and I, I agree with that, by the way. Right. Having said that is it's it's not easy running around mm-hmm. on the road and doing that stuff and, and waiting for people to laugh at you and, you know, hopefully, you know, making them feel good. It's tough stuff. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, it was, uh, you know, especially in the Midwest and it's, you yeah. know, it's freezing out there. And the, yeah. and the towns that I played in the documentary, if you guys see it, it's. They're not comedy clubs. Yeah. I mean, they're like, th- there's rooms that are attached to fucking bowling alleys. Yeah. You know, and then rock clubs that have never had a comedian before. Yeah. And and uh, I, I even perform in a, uh, uh, a comedy club that's in the basement of a strip club. <laughs> which I share, which I share. You've been there before. That's how you knew I about had, it. Yeah, yeah, I had been there. But that's, <laughs> that's the one place I had been before. But yeah. I started my tour at this place in Milwaukee. And you should do an all strip club tour. No, I and actually like, perform. I mean, oh, at the strip. I mean, club? I, I know you've done a strip club tour, but I mean, actually, then perform and at, hopefully at, get paid after the strippers. Before, before or the after, strippers? The, just just in general, you know, hit all the. You should maybe go across the country hitting all the clubs you had been to as a patron. Right. Except this time you're there as as the worker. That's that's a good <laughs> idea. So here we are. We're listening to a little bit more, and uh, I hope you guys are interested. You interested? I love it. Yeah, this yeah, fun yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any material on your show for me? On on Hawaii Five O, because Paul, I've been it. we've been talking about doing something yeah. with you for since we started the show. The problem for me is finding the right piece of something, well, why and it's not just something? a well. I got Isn't a, there a bad guy I could play? Yeah, but I don't want you to just play a bad guy. I'd like you to play somebody who could actually come back. I'd like you to play right. somebody that could actually have some impact on the show. Right. I think for me, like every time, and I, I have a post-it, I have post-it notes on my computer, and one of them is uh, um, uh, Polly Shore. 
Mm. And it just it's been sitting there for, and it's probably like real, the glue is like, you know, really <laughs> shitty on the back right. of it. But I've been trying to figure out a way to put you on the show, whether it be a corner or somebody that could actually yeah. have a recurring, you know, a, a chance to recur rather than just play a bad guy of the week. Because that feels like a novelty. That feels like mm. I'm going to be just selling it on, oh, come watch Polly play a bad guy. Right. But I really like to find something. Like, I always go back to Howie Mandel and mm. St. Elsewhere. For me, that was like you took a comedian, gave him a dramatic role, and he was great in that. Mm. So I feel for you, and 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 I really like feel I owe it to to come up with something that really like is is a one eighty from what you do, mm. and that's been a challenge of mine. Mm. And it, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's just I got to write the right thing. Mm. On our show, it's a procedural show. Mm. Usually, the people who are in our show are usually bad guys that either get captured or killed at the end. Mm. And I just don't think that's the right role. And then for what you. happened to that one pilot you're doing in the hospital? You're doing we never some, made it. Never made. Never it. made it. But I had, I wrote a role for you in that. Yeah. I wrote a role in, in there as a coroner for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so challenge, right? What what's he talking about? Yeah, is this I, right, it's right, a, dude? An incredible challenge to write a part for you <laughs> right. on the show that he created and seems to have complete control of. Right. So is that so really, how so know. if he's listening right now, yo yo Peter, what's up? It's Adam and Polly. Yeah, Peter. What the fuck, dude? You know, the challenge is when no one knew who you were, getting everybody to agree to let you make son-in-law, but it seems to have worked out. And you know, all the guys asking for is for you to take that post-it and write a part on the show. I recognize it's procedural, <laughs> okay, but. But you know what? I think he can handle it. He'll do, he'll do Come it. Come on, Peter. He'll do it. Come on. Um, do the right so, thing. So <laughs> so on that on that on that. Um, what's your this thought? This is one long commercial to get you another job. That's what this whole podcast is. Come on, Peter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. Thanks That's for, it. Yeah. Thanks for it's speaking. over. That's it. Thanks for speaking with me, Peter. <laughs> I hope you guys. Um, Got an insight of of who this gentleman is and and how awesome he is and and how successful he's become and and how and how uh, well thanks he's to you yeah he's the luckiest <laughs> man alive that's what you say on your Twitter right I I definitely wanted the luckiest man alive yeah thanks for speaking to us thanks Paula bye. So thank you for sitting sitting down with me kind of going down memory lane. Uh, and, you know, thank you for, uh, uh, you know, repping me again. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I, um, I'm stoked to be in your life again. Yeah, you know, I think it's pretty cool. I think that like for me, you know, looking at you, I'm super, super proud of you. I mean, super, super, super proud of you because like, I remember you just like you remember me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You were like a kid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You were a fucking kid at CAA, and now you are one of the... An old man. No. WMA. <laughs> no, but this is fucking... Yeah. So no, what do you nice. think it's about... Nice I mean, there. you know, Adam Sandler, Eddie Murphy, Brett Ratner, you know, all these, these big talents. It's like... Yeah, I... Uh, I, I mean, uh, what do you think about... I, I mean, do you just like... I think I'm lucky every day. I think I'm a kid from Cleveland, Ohio, who's worked hard mm. and been very fortunate, uh, uh, including, you know, being involved with you. And um, I think that way every day when I wake up. So I mean... I'm lucky. Don't you think it's crazy? Yeah. I, I, I really can't believe my life. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's great. And yeah. I saw you... Um, last night I saw you... Uh, I was like three or four months ago driving down Sunset 
in an old car with your with oh, your that's wife. Right. <laughs> what, what was the car? '69 Camaro SS. Yeah. yeah. And then I was, <laughs> I was like, "Yo, I have a sixty. I have a '69. Do you remember it? Yeah, I do. The '69 the green one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a great car. Which I got when I did in the army. Now, yeah, in the yeah, army now. That that's a great car. And and lastly, lastly, do you think we are ever gonna see Biodome two? Because I know a lot of the fans, you know, where are I, we with uh, that? Because we talked about it at lunch, as you know, last yeah. week, and uh, it's in process. I'm working on it now. Because I think the people. The fans would have to have Stephen Baldwin in it still. Of course, of course, he's in it. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, Adam, thank for you. sitting. Thanks yeah, for thanks for sitting, me. Peter. Thank you for yeah. sitting back down with me. And yeah, check See out the, the doc uh, on Showtime, December fourth. Um, thank you very much. Bye, thank guys. Whoa, so, uh, well, that's it, you guys. I hope you had a, a great time, a great time uh, listening, getting a little bit more educated about the business. I want to thank my friends, uh, Peter Lankoff, who actually has a Twitter, which is P. Lankoff, so follow him for sure. And Peter, like my beautiful agent, Adam Venice said, put me on Hawaii Five O, bro. And I want to thank my old friend and my agent, Mr. Adam Bennett. Thanks for doing something that you usually don't do. I know you did it for me. It was awesome sitting down. And hopefully the uh, the young little whippersnappers out there in middle America learned a little bit of the backstory of Hollywood and son-in-law and all the different things. Once again, congrats on all the big stuff that you guys are doing. And, um, and oh, and I want to thank the band, Blackout Party, for playing the track under Mr. Adam Bennett. All right, on to next week's episode. This is a doozy, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from the original room from Comedy Central. You guys know her, you guys love her, Miss Whitney Cummings. Because the thing is about sitcoms and people who sitcoms suck, it's like, no, they're actually really good given the process of how they're made. So that's it, you guys. I hope you had a splendid time going down son-in-law memory lane. And um, oh, definitely follow me on my Twitter, which is at Polly Shore. And if you haven't seen my new documentary, Polly Shore Stands Alone, it's playing all month on Showtime. And 